Welcome to another episode of Financial Fitness. I'm your host, Donald Raymond. Stop investing in your 401k? Are you crazy? Let's find out. Welcome back to Financial Fitness. I'm your host, Donald Raymond. Well, you've seen the title, Stop Investing in Your 401k. And I know I promised I was going back to basics uh, in, in this season and in this new year of 22. And I promise that's still the case. The title really is more of an attention grabber than anything. It's a topic that's come up several times lately. And it's something that I just wanted to use as an example so that we could have a little bit more of an intentional and a focused budget conversation. So I hope that this episode is exactly that. And I hope that there's something in here that you can use to apply to your household budget or your small business budget. Maybe when we're talking about the 401k, it's how your employees are participating, or maybe they aren't participating in the program. So stick around. It's going to be a great episode. Let's get into it. Okay, well, I've already said it. I hope that the title of the podcast got your attention. And even if you only tuned in to take your position of disagreement against me with the concept, that's okay. I'm glad you're here. And thanks for joining. So I know this topic is controversial. Uh, I get an opportunity to have this conversation a lot. And stopping investing in the 401k is something that scares people to death. But when it's discussed within the right context... And for purposes of the context of this podcast on financial fitness, when applied to a plan built on goals that support the values to achieve financial freedom and generational wealth, there is a clear place for this financial vehicle to be driven and a place for it to be parked. Today, within the context of the monthly budget and the broader context of your financial plan, I'm going to discuss when you should invest in your 401k. And how much. And also, when you should not be investing in the 401k or in any other retirement or investment product. So if I were to guess on just how many people who are hearing this episode would agree that a retirement program that consisted of steady investments in proven mutual funds over long periods of time is a good plan, my guess, 100% of you would agree with that. And even more, that it should be started as soon as possible in order to maximize your return. Now again, I think 100% of you would agree with that position and you would support that advice. If I could poll just how many people listening have been able to meet that expectation and start early with this model, never let off the gas and have a few million dollars invested for retirement already, my guess is that that percentage would be significantly lower. Even for those that are investing, are you seeing your investments pay off? And are they tracking with where you want them to be? Or where you've planned for them to be? This might raise the percentage a little, but most of us, myself included, look at our retirement in terms of being behind on the plan. 
or not really knowing how much we need, and worrying that no matter how much we end up with, it won't be enough. So in short, I often observe tremendous anxiety when having this conversation with clients. So far, it sounds like I'm making an even stronger case for investing early and investing often in order to maximize your retirement and ensure that you can someday have the courage to actually leave the workforce and live a life without the dependency on regular income. And I'd have to agree that it does sound like there is no other conclusion based on what I've said so far. But I am getting there, so stay with me. So if we couple the need to invest early and often with the anxiety produced when faced with the realization that life after income during retirement becomes consumption of what you have worked your entire life to save, it's easy to see why this is such an emotionally driven discussion. I could take the position here that in order to condition ourselves to detach from the retirement program emotionally, you need to eliminate it and focus on other areas of your financial program in order to gain more appreciation for them and then go back to a retirement program when you are quote-unquote mature enough to handle it. But I'm not going to chase that ideal. I've heard others do it. Not a fun conversation. But I can see how that could help someone in an extreme state of fear or anxiety. But I'm not a psychologist or suggesting that this is even an emotional issue for purposes of this conversation. It really doesn't have a place. So if I'm not suggesting that it's emotional maturity or a need to focus on a well-rounded program, and that it needs to be done early and often to ensure financial fitness in retirement years, then why is the title of the episode, Stop Investing in Your 401k? Well, the answer has to do with an old friend of ours. Our budget. All right, I hope you haven't turned off the episode yet, already thinking that the title was just bait and switch. And for those of you who are still with me, thank you. And here's the reward for your patience. When we talk about making a new zero-based monthly budget every month, we assume that there are some must-haves or priorities to the things that would be budgeted for the upcoming month. Things like your rent or mortgage, your utilities and other fixed costs that allow you to continue to live safely and in your home or apartment. Then we assume that you're eating and wearing appropriate clothing for the season and for the type of work that you do. Finally, there must be some cost associated with your transportation. It might be public or a vehicle that has to be maintained and insured. And for many of us, there's a car payment associated with the vehicle. Outside of those costs, there are surely and usually a handful of other expenses that you simply must pay each month to maintain your lifestyle. Okay, full disclaimer, lifestyle, that's another buzzword. And the expenses can take on a life of their own. And we'll cover that in more detail in future episodes, but for now and for this discussion, you can see there is a significant financial responsibility and need to focus your household income and your monthly income on these things to ensure they are funded each and every month. In our household, 
and I am sure many of yours, the tithe is the first thing that comes out of our income. This is a non-negotiable for us and forces us to be that much more intentional to ensure that our needs are met with our means. That is your monthly income. So when preparing a budget based on these priorities, we are using after-tax and pre-tax deductions to plan our monthly income. And your 401k is a pre-tax deduction that is voluntary. Yes, I said voluntary. Within the context of my coaching practice, and for anyone who has gone through FPU, which is Financial Peace University, we don't invest until we can afford to invest. And that means if you have any debt other than an appropriate mortgage, then you are not investing in anything. Likewise, if you haven't set aside enough cash to survive for a minimum of three months, then you are not investing in anything. Now, if you're like me, and that idea just caused some kind of involuntary reaction from your gut, (laughs) then you're in good company. I probably should have stated a warning for anyone driving to pull over or at least focus on driving and prepare for a shock. Shutting down your 401k for any period of time is a scary thought. It, It is scary. And if it's being done or recommended outside of the context of a winning, proven strategy and plan, then it would also be irresponsible for you to take that action. But let's consider some other scenarios that play out for thousands every single day. Scenario 1. You've been living outside of your means to support a family lifestyle that is conservative but requires just a little extra to maintain. And it means you end up refinancing the house every few years and take a little cash out if you can. Then, you get an offer to borrow against your 401k and it's a good rate, so you take the cash and remodel the kitchen or install that pool that you've been wanting. Then you start a plan to repay the debt and refi the house again to free up enough cash to keep living the newly improved lifestyle. And a few years later, your car is getting kind of old and you repaid your 401k loan, so... Now you've got a little equity in the house again, and or maybe there's a low interest offer at your local car dealer. So you treat yourself or your spouse to a new car with an affordable payment, and now your net worth, 15 years later, is the same as when you started 15 years ago. Or maybe it's lower, because your 401k wasn't earning enough to increase its value while the money was borrowed against it. Here's another scenario. You play the margin game, and you've been borrowing to invest in equities and other financial products, life insurance, stocks, bonds, ETFs, and you max out your 401k every year to recover the maximum tax benefits associated with investments and lowering your AGI, or your adjusted gross income. You then look for the best credit card that you qualify for, and you focus on the perks associated with the program which requires certain levels of spending to increase the rate of return. You study the program and you become an expert in how to maximize the rewards and convert them into quote-unquote real cash or cash equivalents. This requires spending activity to maintain your status and reward levels, and you start to justify the spending patterns with the rewards that are being earned. 
You've been investing in your 401k to earn the match. And then you try to invest the rest to invest outside of your 401k. This strategy requires your day-to-day expenses to be covered using borrowed money. But you feel like you're getting ahead. And then one day you decide to simplify and liquidate some of your holdings and start to reduce your debt position. And it's then that you realize you haven't increased the net worth position much at all. Once the assets are liquidated and the debts are paid, there's little to nothing left. Both of these scenarios are just hypotheticals, but have been created combining real scenarios from millions of Americans that are living life with some or even all of these strategies as part of their financial program. In other words, they are maximizing their ability to manage debt to try and invest more with the intent that over time, it will pay off. The truth here is that the math works, but the reality is very unlikely. Even more compelling than that, when interviewing over 10,000 millionaires to write and publish the book Everyday Millionaire, which is one of the Ramsey resources linked in the episode description, 0% of those millionaires interviewed said that they would use that strategy or would recommend that strategy to create wealth. They all agreed that leveraging debt and playing margins is what separates actual millionaires from those who simply want to be millionaires. There is no shortcut and no trick to growing wealth. Just constant, good financial behaviors that over time, and when done in the right sequence, create expected results. If you want to test the theory, go borrow a million bucks from the bank and invest it in the market. Sounds absurd, right? Yeah, you're right, it is. That would be absurd, but every time we refinance the house or use a credit product as a means to, quote, keep more of our money in the market, that's exactly what we're doing. I'll tell on myself here and and let you know I lived much of my adult life this way. I pulled from my own experience to create many of the details in the scenarios that I described. And if it wasn't my personal story, then it was somebody close to me. I just didn't know any better. But that all started to change about 12 years ago when I spent a year working at a bank in Northwest Arkansas. And for the first time, we were budgeting and spending and saving and even giving on purpose. Now, this was years before being introduced formally to the Baby Steps and to Dave Ramsey. And at that time, there were people in my life that thought he could only talk about budgeting that way because he was already rich. But I can tell you from my own experience of not being rich, that you never have too little or too much to not budget. It's like anything and everything else that we do. It just works better with a plan and a set of principles or directions that when followed, produce those expected results. So this year, and maybe even for the rest of your life, make budgeting part of your regular routine when it comes to how you view 
and how you use your money. Make prioritized and informed decisions on where your money goes. And don't take risks that you can't afford to take. That includes all forms of investing, even the 401k. If you want a plan that works, follow the baby steps. You can download the app and start a free trial at Ramsey Plus in just a few minutes and see how it could work for you. If you need more information and some help creating a customized plan for your story and with your unique goals, then I would love to help you with that. Even if you don't use the tools that I am making available and you build your own instead, that's great and you will see improvement. That's how I started and I worked my plan for years before we decided to give this a try. But now, several years into this new lifestyle, I can say with complete confidence that this strategy works and it will work for you too. Are you budgeting? What does it mean to budget? What if I don't have enough money to make a budget? How can I do all the things that I want to do when I can't pay for the things that I need? If I don't invest now, then I will never be able to retire. If you have these or any other questions regarding how to get started, or maybe you are already in good shape financially and want to know how to make it to the next level of wealth, Whatever your situation is, I invite you to schedule some time to talk about it with me and to start creating goals that will help you move closer to that picture of financial fitness that you have for yourself. Or maybe you need help understanding what that means for you and what is possible because you don't see a way out of your current situation. That's okay. And if you're in that place, just know that you're not alone and you can make a decision to improve your situation, starting right now.